Before we get into today's episode, a big, big thank you to our good friends at Bloke in a Bar for all of the love and support for Dylan Friends. They really do believe in the show. They've been a massive support this year, and, and it's really given us the opportunity to grow the show, get out more content, and uh, the bonus is it's an unbelievable drink too. Not too hoppy, not too fruity, and there's heaps of new stockers all over Australia, so make sure you go in and make your next slab of choice a Bloke in a Bar. The more we support them, the more they support us, which is incredible. Uh, in Victoria, you've got Duncan's West Brunswick Salad. Mona Sellers All Stores, Eve Central IGA and Liquor, Frenchies IGA Glen Waverley, Bottle Mart Moey, in Western Australia, Ashbury Celebrations, Liquor Barons Northam, Liquor Barons Perth City, in Northern Territory, Hidden Valley Tavern, and in Tasmania, Celebrations Kingston. And what a wonderful weekend it is to try out some bloke in a bar sitting at home, chilling out with a bloke in a bar, watching the AFL Grand Final, and this man run out doing his thing. Head to blokeinabar.com to check out the nearest stockers to you. The link will also be in the show notes, and make sure your next choice Choice off slab is a bloke in a bar, Illy. Welcome back to Dylan Friends in this bonus grand final episode with Young Gun from the Western Bulldogs, Cody Waitman. This kid is a star on and off the field. If you didn't love him before this chat, you're going to absolutely love him after it because he's absolutely dominating. And it honestly was an honour to talk to him in such a big week, and I really do appreciate it. Uh, I, I did it different this week as well. Normally, we we get people on the show, we hit him up directly, but. Being such a big week it was, I didn't want to slide into any DMs and annoy players. So we did it properly. Got the media manager's number from the Western Bulldogs, Brooke Varney. Big shout out to her. She's an absolute star. Even though I butchered all my messages, I would have no idea uh, how she could even understand what I was saying. Um, and even once she agreed to, to let us have a, a player, I was so excited. I sent to Sam, mate, we've got it. Okay, let's move on to the Ds. Sent that back to Brooke. And um, that was embarrassing, but she's still got around it. So a big, big shout out to her and, and she teed this all up. So thank you so much, Brooke, and thank you, the doggies, for, for being a part of the show. We love you. But just on my main man, Cody Waitman, number 19 from the doggies. It's his second year. He's had a bloody incredible year, averaging 10 disposals, three marks, two handballs, seven kicks a game, and two tackles, nearly averaging two goals a game, which is in the elite status. And I think we've seen in the final series what this kid can do. Um, he's seriously exciting and, and super, super looking forward to him getting back into the grand final because it's uh, I, I know he's built for the big stage. But, but yeah, it was an honour to chat to him. He's a super kid, has an incredible mindset for a kid at, at that young age. I, I just never knew. I didn't even know how to do my shoelaces up when, when I was uh, 19 or 20, let alone doing what he's doing. So it was an honour to chat to him. He's an absolute star. Thank you, Bulldogs. Go Doggies. Here's Cody Waven. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. In many ways, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears, tears, tears. Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to Man. the Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How can this is so meditating? It's like, I had a Wu Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Cody, my beautiful boy, welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast, my friend. It's an absolute honour to have you on in such an important week. Really appreciate you making some time for us. Uh, thanks, Dill. Uh, pumped to be on here. Exciting times, my friend. Now, firstly, how's the head feeling? Um, it's looking good, but I'm hoping it's feeling good too. Uh, the head's cherry, mate. She's all good, so ready to go if uh, the Bevo wants me. Mate, I'm sure the Bevo wants you. Um, again, we won't tell anyone this. This We can take this out of the show, but give us a wink if you've, you know anything about selection this week. I... I know you're in the best 22. You're one of, honestly, one of my favourite players um, of the last month has been absolutely incredible. Have you heard anything about selection? Um, can we confirm that you're, you're going to be day, day booing? Can we confirm that you're going to be ready to run out on 
Saturday next week? Uh, no, no, no insight for you there. I won't be debuting though, but um, no, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I get a run and uh, yeah, we'll see where we're at later in the week. But fingers crossed that I uh, get the call up, but don't know yet. Beautiful, mate. Geez, you've been in the news a lot lately for a lot of good things. Um, you're buying shoes off people, you're finding vintage hats, and you're probably Essendon's most hated player of all time. Let's start with the first two. Um, the kits have been incredible, mate. The, the vintage hat that you're running and the shoes. Give us a quick insight into this and the true story because it's getting around a lot on social media. Uh, yeah, no, I'm a bit of a hustler, so we love that. Um, <laughs> and I always was, so I wasn't going to change once I uh, got on the list. But, no, the vintage cap, I was just strolling down to Brunswick Street. Mitchie Hannon told me there's a few good oppies down there, so I gave it a crack and, um, yeah, come across his doggies hat. It was like six bucks, and I was like, jeez, that's not bad. And then I wasn't sure if I was going to be allowed to wear it because I was like 2011. I'm like, wrong, wrong like logo and stuff. So I was like, oh, no, nah, we'll take it. Took it in and the fellas are happy and, and Brucey was wearing one too. So I sort of in tandem, we got away with it. And uh, the hat the hat hasn't looked back. It's my game day hat. So I'm pretty superstitious. So as long as that's with us, then we'll be all right. And it's, it's done the job so far. So uh, the hat's done its job. But... The shoes, I don't know, it's been taken a bit out of proportion, but I don't mind it, which we love. So, no, there's this fella that, he, he didn't live near the city, and now I live in the city, and I wanted his shoes. I love the Charlotte Hornets, and I saw them, they popped up on my marketplace, and I was like, how good's that? And uh, I had the right cash for 10 bucks less, so I was like, hey, mate, I'll give you this next time you're in the city. And he goes, oh, I'm at the G, actually, uh, tonight, if, if that works. So I was like, yeah, perfect, I'll be there too, which I thought he'd connected the dots that, Maybe he knew my name or something, but I might have been a bit ahead of myself, uh, and he didn't realise. And then I come out and meet up with him post-game, full doggies kit, and he's sort of like, he's pumped about it. Anyway, I give him the cash, and he goes, oh, I know your mate Brody Kemp from Carlton. Like, can I send him a flick? And I'm like, yeah, easy, man. So we take a flick. Next minute, it's fucking everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable. So this bloke has come to have a trade-off marketplace with you, and he doesn't even know who you are. You've played a game... After that, gone out and met him just in the in the stands to swap over their shoes. No, post game. So yeah, Collingwood, Collingwood post-game. dogs. I was watching that one. Uh, so uh, yeah, just said I'll catch up with you post game, mate, and got me Hornet shoes. So I was pretty happy and got the ten buck discount. How good is that? That is unbelievable. Well, hopefully, um, soon after a flag, mate, you'll be having heaps of cash. You won't have to worry about what you're <laughs> spending it on. Um, Lamelo Ball. Now I know I don't know a lot about basketball, but I know he does play for the uh, the Hornets. He must be one of your boys. Yeah, yeah, love him. Yeah, big fan. Got a bit of style about him, and he's a beast. So love watching him. He's sort of why I'm, I'm on the Hornets bandwagon at the moment, pretty much. Are you loving your American sports? Everything like is it just basketball? You get in the NFL as well? Uh, yeah, well, prior to getting to this club, I wasn't really huge on it all, but um, sort of impossible once you're here. Everyone loves it, so. There's a few trying to get me on the NFL draft and stuff, but like those games go for like four hours, man. I can't sit still for like the length of this interview, so I uh, I don't know if that one's for me. Um, but yeah, NBA has been pretty good. Been loving that. Talk us through a little bit more about yourself, mate. As I said, you're a very exuberant um, young man. I absolutely love it. So much energy. Reminds me of myself when I was on a good day, probably 10 years ago. I've slowed down a bit since then. You're a surfer. You're a painter. What else is going on? So when you, when I say painter, do you paint these surfboards? Like you shape and surf, uh, you you shape and paint the surfboards? Uh, yeah, well I don't shape them. I wouldn't mind doing that one day. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I did a project in business on actually doing that, so it's all set up and ready to go. But no, I pretty much just like the old hustle. I was buying cheap boards on marketplace. Um, this is prior to the draft and then post drafts, just right through. 
So I reckon I flipped like 50 now. And I just love painting and like art and stuff. So it was sort of like more of a hobby than anything. And then like, I had like 50 boards, so I didn't know what to do with them. And so I like sold them off and like people were like actually liking them. And so I started making a bit of coin and I just kept doing it and like just for fun. But nah, like, I was loving painting them. Like that was my off season, like pretty much. I'd just train and then come home and like see them back aboard and strap it up and paint it and like try all new things and stuff. But, like, I was loving it. Fuck, that's unbelievable. I'm getting a board. I'm going to get you to paint it. We can put it in the studio at Dylan Friend's headquarters. Yeah, um, that'd be unbelievable. So <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that after. Talk us through your surfing ability, mate. Like, obviously, you, you look the part. Where's the local? Uh, well, grew up in Officer, so it was Phillip Island, which still isn't that close. But I kind of like that, to be honest. Like, it's a bit of a journey, like, to go through surf. Um, now it's urban surf because I'm uh, in Ascot Valley and Essendon's just around the corner. But been loving Torquay, so... Head down there a bit and, uh, yeah, I haven't had a surf in ages, to be honest, because we've been on the road and doing footy things. But, no, I, I, so I love it. I'm not bloody a pro by any stretch of the imagination, but I just enjoy being out there. And, I don't know, it's pretty nice just chilling out in the waves and you get a real, like, you feel like that natural high when you're sort of riding a wave and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. I really hate it when surfers say that because I'm telling you now, as one person who loves surfing but is not very good at it, the last thing surfing is is relaxing. I actually nearly died at Smith's Beach in Phillip Island, <laughs> nearly drowned there. And I've nearly drowned at Backpacker's Rip um, in Bondi as well. So I get it when you say that it's relaxing, but for people that can't surf, it's actually life-threatening um, <laughs> and it is quite scary. So watch watch this space. Um, mate, let's talk about your footy. Obviously, pick 15 in, in the 2019 draft. We actually met a few years ago. I still remember you from, from the Telstra um, induction day at the AFL camp you were absolutely all over the place and, and I'm not just saying this now but I was like fuck this kid is going to be very exciting do you remember back then yeah I remember that mate you and your umpires kid loving it you're uh you put on a yeah, clinic that, that day you were genuine humorous <laughs> um no they were good days what's the journey been like so far mate you played three games in your first year um I think you've said that you, you sort of psyched yourself out a bit in your first year in, in re, um, previous interviews what'd you learn from that yeah learn a stack off the first for three games I guess I don't know it was sort of it was a bit of a um a real learning curve the whole hub and the whole art the first year experience and actually probably came together in a way because of you I was doing a road trip so I brought a car up in the hub um, didn't have one back home so I was like I'll buy one here and I'll drive home and plenty of time when you're driving so podcasting love, big fan and uh, chucked on the Nick Haynes one and that was sort of that was a, probably a time for me where I was like I was sitting there and I was like shit like I'm a bit nowhere here like you know what footy's like you sort of you, you're never really certain of where you're at or you don't really know what's going on a lot of the time um, and you got to try and find comfort within that but I suppose I was sort of yeah, I was sitting there and I was like Jeez, I've played three games. I've hardly touched the agate in two of them. And I was sort of like, for the first time, doubting myself a little bit with footy and stuff. And then Nick Haynes came on and he sort of, I don't know, man, he, he was speaking and I was like, I was listening and I was like, whatever he's saying right now, like, I'm connecting and like, I feel like I'm like getting this on a different level to what the rest of the people like would be let, getting it. And so I was like, like, shit sort of started to come together. Um, and I felt like that, like, it almost gave me the piece of the puzzle and I sort of then, from then on, just started putting it together. But pretty much, I suppose, when he talked about routine and stuff, like that was what was like hitting me because I was probably came out of school and, and footy programs where everything's so structured and you sort of told what to do and how to do it and when to do it. And then I just came became drafted and I was sort of just floating around a bit. And I, I was training hard and stuff still, but I wasn't wasn't really like 
organised or on top of life, really. I felt like I was sort of just playing catch-up a little bit. And then a flow-on from that was the performance anxiety that I was sort of like... I didn't want to admit. I was almost like in denial. I didn't want that to be me. Uh, and then once I like realised that, okay, that's why I feel shit before games or that's why I don't have energy before main session and stuff like that. And it's not my diet. It's not my energy. It's that I'm like, probably not breathing properly prior to these big events that I'm excited and nervous about and stuff like that. And once I actually owned that and I was like, oh, like fuck, that's what that is. I feel like it just changed everything. And I, I started to like, embrace the pre-game of a big event and um, enjoy those moments where like your body's telling you that you're alive not that you're scared sort of thing and yeah from then on I sort of started to really put the piece together and I just got really curious with the mindset part of football and how that can be either a I guess a, a benefit or it can work against you and I probably worked against me in my first year and then this year I'm pretty confident it's worked for me because I feel like I'm approaching games in the right way and I feel really confident and and comfortable when I'm when I'm performing. Fuck, that is incredible insight, and that is incredible self awareness for yourself to be able to know that that's what's happening. Like that took me till I was nearly three weeks ago to work out, rather than being a, a twenty year old kid working that out at that age. So, mate, it's absolutely unbelievable you've been able to do that. What were some of the things you did to just bring yourself back in the moment? Was it just being aware of where you are, being present, and just embracing? Like you said, you said something there that really stuck out with me that I've never heard of. It was like live, embrace the moment that is and when something hits you in the body, just feel it or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think like just through my curiosity, I've come across so many cool things and I've just got this like list now of like quotes and stuff that I love and sort of try to live by. But honestly, like when you're talking on podcasts, I like, I feel you in a way. I'm like, oh, this guy, like he's had that moment that I've had kind of thing. Like he's realised like what's going on and... It's pretty cool. Like, there's a lot of people out there. I'm, I'm super, super blessed with like people I've got around me that have also had that moment, and so I can bond on that and stuff. But yeah, back to your question. Like, I think putting a routine in, like Hainsey talked about, and like to to go a bit further into that story. I actually, um, one of my line coaches, he teed up a a coal that was going to come to me, and I, I didn't know what it was from. Jamie Maddox, he's a he's a legend, and he sort of works with the first and second years at the club, and. Yeah, he, he got a call. He told me there'd be a call coming in and just have it ready sort of thing. And sure enough, Nick Haynes on the phone in, in the end of my uh, car trip. Uh, so I got home and Hainsey sort of on the phone. We had a good like 45 hour chat. And man, he's a, he's such a legend, that bloke. I, I, I don't really know him at all. He just did it off his own back. And I, I pretty much from then on, I started to just set up my mornings and set up my nights. So have little routines at either end of the day. And then that sort of just keeps me in check. So I feel comfortable that once I've done that morning routine, then whatever happens in the next part of my day, like I'm prepared for, I'm ready to go. And it's amazing how like, how constant my energy feels every day. Like I wake up now and I just feel, I feel on every day. I don't sort of wake up like, oh, I feel sluggish today. And then the next day I feel great or fluctuate like that. And so, yeah, I, I sort of, I, I wind my day up in the mornings and I wind my day down. It's pretty similar, sort of same time to bed and stuff like that. And that just keeps me in check, I think. And um, the kind of person I am, obviously higher energy. I think it's sort of important for me to have that, and, uh, and so I, I sort of keep it consistent. Mate, that is absolutely incredible. Again, I, I cannot believe that. It nearly brings a tear to my eye to think that Hainsey's um, reached out because I, I know how much he'd love to to help people on that. And I'm a bit starstruck to be honest because I just did not think that you were going to absolutely school me today on life. I <laughs> feel like I'm actually learning more off you today than you've ever got out of me so no, i really really appreciate no. it you've been a fucking star that is that is seriously impressive 
No, mate, you're the teacher. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Um, talk us through your game style, mate. It's a game that I love. It's so high energy. It's passionate. And I think that's why the AFL community, not just the doggy supporters, have fallen in love with you. Is it is it off anyone? Do you take inspiration from anyone else, like a Toby Green type forward that, that you know, loves to play that high half forward role for the team? Because, look, I've played that role nowhere at the level that you have, but it is it is the hardest role in the game to do and to do it consistently over a long period of time. It, it really doesn't get the respect that it deserves externally. I know internally it does. Who do you look to and who do you like to, to model your game off? Yeah, 100%. It can be pretty tricky at times. But, yeah, 100%. I love Toby Green, man. I love watching him. He's, like, absolute freak. And, like, like you say, that position to do what he does is so underrated. Like, he's unbelievably good. So I love watching him. Papley, I love, like, his energy. I actually always loved watching him and sort of, you know, his goal celebrations. He's sort of, like, up and about. And like, I feel like that can really give the team a kick. Like, when he gives kicks a goal, it's like, shit, like, everyone's pumping here for him and he's getting them going. And I sort of like that. I think, like, you want to get your value for money when you're kicking a sausage. So, um, yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's heaps, there's heaps of players I love sort of, sort of watching and... And yeah, and sort of trying to model my game on and used to do a bit of edits on, on some other players and stuff. But um, yeah, and I love that sort of side of it. Hey, 15 games, 26 goals. That's fourth um, for your side this year. 11 goals assist, which is absolutely massive for a small forward and exactly what you want to be doing, setting up um, everyone else. And you're also fourth for inside 50 marks, which is massive at this time of year. It's been, it's been a tough road to the grand final for the Dogs. Um, you obviously had Essendon in that first final, Brisbane, Port Adelaide. You played incredible roles in all those games, especially um, the Essendon one kicking those uh, four snags and um, obviously missing out on Port Adelaide. But how excited is it? it is the doggies been, you know, it's, it feels like there's a, a 2016 happening all over again here. I know you weren't a part of the team um, back then. You are probably still in, in school. But how is it feeling? Are they are they drawing back on this? Is there a bit of that underdog mentality really coming out? Uh, yeah, I think it sort of organically happened that way a little bit. Um, obviously, ideally, we finish the season while we're top four and the favourite in a couple of games, but that's sort of not how it panned out. And um, yeah, before we knew it, we're out of the out of the four and the underdogs going into a couple of games. And I don't know, there's this strange sort of feeling around the club that we do play our best when our backs against the wall and that western suburbs type spirit you know up against a little bit but we'll have a scrap and and see how we go kind of thing and you can feel that it's not sort of something that's made up but it's actually something that's sort of we stood a bit of time and yeah it's exciting like like you said I wasn't a part of the 2016 but I've um I've bugged a lot of the boys asking them questions about it and Easterwood and the likes they're so so good to talk to about those moments and what that was like and it just builds that much hunger in you to, to try and have that and yeah, it's pretty crazy to think that in my second year and in a couple of weeks, who knows, that, that could be that could be something that happens. I hope so, my friend. Cozzy Pickett and yourself actually share a little bit in common. Obviously, in the same draft, you're both the two most exciting small forwards in your age group. I think he was taken a couple of spots before you in that draft. But to think that you guys are going to be hopefully playing against each other um, in a grand final on the weekend is crazy. And, and even like Luke Jackson, Trent Rivers as well from, from the Ds too. There's so many players from that draft playing in this game. Yeah, man, it's pretty crazy. I don't know, you sort of you sort of always dream of playing AFL and then to actually play in a grand final is almost beyond dreaming. It's just like, it's it seems, seems so far away. And um, the fact that, yeah, that could actually be, that could be us on the weekend and, and for one side of the, the table, it's, it's going to be a successful day. Um, it's pretty, 
pretty wild to think of. Being uh, the footy fan you are, um, and, and we spoke about it earlier, but about nerves going into this game, you spoke about your mindset and routine that obviously you're going through. What's the mind like going now into into next week? Are you just pretty calm at the moment? When do you start building up towards that? And, and um, what's the rest of the team like? Yeah, I think uh, the double week, it's obviously different. It's the first time and it's probably been a pain for the fans. But for the players, I think it's been great. Um, it hasn't felt too crammed or anything yet. Today's been our first little morning of media stuff. So it sort of, it, it feels like it's spread out a little bit more, which has been good. But yeah, like, it's pretty much... We're not obviously not switching off. Um, it's hard to stop yourself thinking about the game here and there, but it doesn't feel like the game's tomorrow at all. So it's sort of you can relax a little bit, which is nice, and, and soak up this next couple of weeks a little bit. And we're obviously we're still uh, in the hotel quarantine, the doggies here, so yeah, we're limited with what we can do outside. But we're we're just really enjoying each other's company and a bit of monopoly deal and whatnot, getting us through, which has been great. One thing I love about the doggies this year, and and it's been prevalent in their, in their team for, for a long time, but it's the role-playing factor. Like, you look at guys like Taylor Dre at the moment, who's, who's a star, but he's taking, you know, some incredibly dangerous small forwards. And one player last week that I thought it was just a massive step for this guy was Josh Shackey to go and play on, like, a Lear Lear, nullify his game. Um, you know, if he gets the all-clear for this week as well, going to Jake Lever, it's where, like, players that, you know, face adversity before, but they go into finals and they step up and it can just give them that absolute amount of, like, confidence going in. How much did uh, Josh Shackey's role get internally pumped up with the boys and, and how much confidence will he take out of it? Yeah, Shaq was – he was huge for us, obviously, and uh, internally we, we really embraced that and we talked about that a lot in our meeting. And There's there so many boys that did those little things like you touch on and those little role players that just, just get it done, man. And we really we really sing them out around here and our meeting was sort of – we always vote on players that sort of do those little – those jobs and those those roles that are so important for us. And, yeah, Shaq, he heavily voted. And, and uh, yeah, there was other players too that, that each week are getting it done. And you, you build clubs off that and success gets built off that too. So no doubt without without guys doing that, like we're not here. Fast forward to next week, grand final's on. You're doing some visualisation this stage. If you don't win the Norm Smith, which um, is 99% chance of happening, <laughs> and I'm going to be up there fucking celebrating very highly... Who else is going to win it from the doggies? Jeez, you could raffle a few. You know Jacko's having his 30, so he's definitely a sniff. Bonte's probably too hard to go past. But then Big Azza, Big Azza Norton, he'll be, uh, he'll be clunking <laughs> them and hopefully kicking them. So, yeah, I reckon uh, they're probably my three. Cody, man, I honestly cannot thank you enough for this. I think we need to come into the studio as soon as we can, catch up, have a few beers and and pick up this chat where we left off. I know I've got to let you go now, but you've rocked my mind today. I honestly didn't think that I was going to learn as much as, as I did. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a credit to yourself, mate. You've, you've done some incredible stuff to hear what you've been able to, to identify in your own game and your own mindset and then action that forward. Uh, there's no surprises. You're performing the way you are now. So it's a real honour to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your love. And um, best of luck next weekend, mate. And um, hope the doggies can take home the flag. Nah, thanks, Dil. Uh, it's good to chat, bro, Lolly. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. Favourite TV or, or film? Uh, Favourite TV series? series the, the, the old Simpsons. Um, seasons 1 to 12. Can't go past Breaking Bad either. 
and film. Uh, big Star Wars fan. Massive Star Lovely. Wars fan. Okay, wow. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.